So glad you're here with us to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. You and I have hope because Jesus is alive and he promises that we will be with him. And so this morning we're going to look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the Gospel of Mark. We're going to skip ahead uh, just like we did last week and we're going to look at Mark chapter 16 and we're going to read the short account that Mark has on the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? So Mark has given us a beautiful portrait of the, of the life of Christ, of his ministry, his preaching ministry, his healing ministry, delivering ministry. And Mark spends a, a good amount of time describing his, the last week of his life as he's approaching the cross. And Jesus predicted three times that he would be crucified and resurrected in the Gospel of Mark. And so he's approaching the cross. He, he knows that his time has come near. And he went to the cross for you and me to bear the sin of the world. The Son of God came and he bore the sin of the world as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Passover Lamb, while the Jews were sacrificing their annual Passover Lamb... Jesus was being sacrificed. Jesus was being sacrificed as the Lamb of God. The spotless Lamb of God. His blood was shed. And He went to the cross. And He went to the grave. And His disciples had their hopes dashed. They were discouraged. They were distraught. They had followed this guy for three years. And they were hoping that he would be the Messiah, the one who would rescue them from their oppressors. They were hoping that he would, would, would establish his kingdom and his reign. They had different expectations of what that would look like, even though he told them, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die. And on the third day, I'm going to rise. And even Peter, even when when he told Peter that Peter tried to get in the way and stop him, he's like, no, no, Lord, don't don't do it. Right. And, and, and Jesus, Jesus has to address him. Excuse me, I don't know what's going on here. Let me see if I can fix this. Loading. Okay. So Mark chapter 16, verse 1. And let me just read this quote here as we start from John Scott. He said, Christianity in its, its very essence is a resurrection religion. The concept of resurrection lies at its heart. If you remove it, Christianity is destroyed. You see, Christianity, Christianity hinges upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so the Gospels, all four of the Gospels, give, an, give us an account of the life of Christ, of the death of Christ, and of the resurrection of Christ, and witnesses that saw Him after He was raised from the dead. Okay? 
So the title of this message is Believe the Resurrection of Christ. When Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled back, and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed and said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, who is crucified. He is risen. He is not there. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as I told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb. For trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone. For they were afraid. Amen. And so here's our big idea this morning, that Jesus Christ really rose from the dead three days after he died for the sin of the world. And he calls us to believe in his resurrection and spread this good news all over the world. Jesus really did rise from the dead. This is not myth. This is not a made-up story. It's not fiction. This is a historical event that Scripture records. And Jesus predicted it. The Old Testament prophesied it and foretold that Christ would suffer and that he would rise from the dead on the third day. And so he fulfilled Scripture. He really did rise from the dead. Let me see if I can fix this real quick. Testing. There we go. All right, I'm going to switch over to this guy. Hear me? So Jesus really did rise from the dead. He truly is alive. And I think it's interesting here that God had women as the first to hear the good news and spread the good news. You see, if you were trying to make up a story and and, and build a a made-up story in the first century, you wouldn't include women as being the very first ones to hear the news and spread it because there wasn't in the first century... There wasn't much credit to women in giving testimony in the court or as as credible witnesses. And so that just that points to the authenticity of the Bible itself and the the gospel narrative and, and God choosing, ordaining that these women hear the good news first and then go tell the disciples. I love how Jesus included women in his ministry. And even welcome children as well. Many in the culture 
that, that despised uh, and looked down upon women and children. Jesus came and he, and he, um, and he did the opposite. His, his, the way he operated was different. He honored. And so let me just highlight, first of all, the hurdle of unbelief. Okay? The disciples wrestled with this. When they heard the news that he was alive and they had been seen by her, they, they would not believe it. Mark 16, 11. And then Mark 16, 24. And afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. Okay? Even though he already said that he was going to rise three times in, in the Gospel of Mark, the, the Gospel of Luke also has an account of Jesus addressing the unbelief, the hurdle of their unbelief. He said when he appeared to his disciples, a couple of them, he said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, he, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus is pointing back to the scriptures saying, the scriptures foretold this. That the Messiah would suffer and die. And he walked them through it. He pointed, it, pointed out in the scripture that the Messiah would be resurrected. And that, of course, he is the Messiah. In the Gospel of John, we, we, we have a, a, one of the disciples known as Doubting Thomas. All right? He was, he was told that Jesus had been resurrected. Okay? But he wanted to see for himself. All right? Now, Thomas was one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So when the other disciples told them, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see his hands, the marks of, of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And this is one of his twelve Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. He showed up. And he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. And place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him. My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, yet believed. Saints, that's you and I who haven't yet seen Jesus in physical form yet. That's you and I who believe. We believe in Jesus that the Son of God was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. And the scripture says we are blessed. We are blessed through believing in Christ. We, we have great benefits. We have great salvation because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we believe it. Not just as a, as a mere fact, but, but as a life-changing Precious 
treasure of truth that we cling to and build our lives upon. And so there's three options when it comes to the resurrection. There's three options of how we're going to take the resurrection. Either the resurrection is seen as false, a false story made up, a false narrative. Okay, and many, many make this claim. They deny the, the, the reality of the resurrection. Or there's folks that stay in church and, and they want to kind of keep their version of Christianity that they've been brought up in. And, and they see the resurrection as just mythical metaphor, as fiction, as a good story. Right? So there's that, that option. But the Bible doesn't present the resurrection as either of these. The Bible presents the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a historical fact. A historical fact that the, the, the writers of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, they give us details, historical details with names. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, he goes through describing how Jesus was seen by over 500 eyewitnesses after he was risen from the dead. Right now, most scholars, even those who don't believe, will agree that there was this man named Jesus Christ who lived in history. Right. Most scholars will agree that Jesus had a significant impact on the lives of so many people. Right. Most scholars will agree that Jesus Christ did die and he was put into a tomb. Right. But if you reject the the, the resurrection as historical truth fact. Then, then you gotta, you gotta, you gotta explain. You gotta come up with something else to try to try to uh, explain what happened. Because there was a real man named Jesus Christ who claimed to be the Messiah, the Son of God, who claimed to be the resurrection and the life. As one author put it, he, it's, he said that either he was he was a lunatic, a liar, or he is Lord. Okay, and so you and I are faced with with we, we you and I need to come to grips with who Jesus is and what he accomplished at the cross. But it's not sufficient to just embrace and accept the resurrection as a nice mythical story, a, a fairy tale. Okay, because the Bible doesn't present it like that. And the Bible. The Bible does not point us in that direction. Listen to this uh, from um, the seven stanzas as Easter. Make no mistake, if he rose at all, it was his body. If the cells, dissolution, dissolution did not reverse, the molecule reknit, the amino acids rekindle, the church will fall. It was not as the flowers each soft spring recurrent. It was not as his spirit in the mouths of mouth of, of fuddled and fuddled eyes of the eleven apostles. It was his flesh. Ours. The same hinged thumbs and toes. The same vowed heart that pierced, died, withered, paused, and then regathered out of enduring might, new strength. To enclose. Let us not mock God with metaphor, analogy, sidestepping, transcendence, 
making an event a parable, a sign painted in the faded cruelty of earlier ages. Let us walk through the door. The stone is rolled back, not paper mache, not a stone in a story, but the vast rock of materiality that in the slow grinding of time will eclipse for each of us the wide light of day. And if we have an angel at the tomb, make it a real angel, weighty with Max Planck's quainta, vivid with hair, opaque in the, the dawn light, robed in real linen, spun on a definite loom. Let us not seek to make it less monstrous for our own convenience. Or our own sense, our own sense of beauty, less awakened in one unthinkable hour, we are embarrassed by the miracle and crushed by the Roman stance. <laughs> the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a miracle. Jesus did miracles while he was in, in uh, walked the earth. He healed the sick. He multiplied food, loaves and fishes, fish. He raised the dead. He, he called his friend Lazarus out of the grave in John chapter 11 after he had been dead for four days and there was a stench coming from the tomb. And he called his name and Lazarus came up from the grave. God is a God of miracles. If we believe in a God of creation who, who created everything out of nothing, then, then surely we can believe in a God who raises up his son from the dead on the third day. Jesus Christ, who took on a real body, a real human body, the God-man, fully God and fully man, took on a real body and was resurrected. This is a miracle. This is a miracle indeed, and the Bible presents it as historical fact. It's truth. So what difference does it make if you and I choose to believe in the resurrection or not? Well, the first, the first thing is, is that it makes an eternal difference. Eternal salvation. When, when, when you and I became a Christian... We confess Jesus as Lord, Romans 10, 9 and 10. We confess, it says in Romans 10, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay? It's important that one believe in Jesus Christ as, and confess him as Lord and believe that God the Father raised him from the dead. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Perhaps there's somebody here today that needs to, to take that step. Perhaps the Lord's drawing somebody here today, maybe watching online, to take the step of trusting in Jesus Christ and His death, His very own resurrection from the dead for you, so that you can be forgiven and live eternally with Him forever in heaven. So what difference does it make in believing the resurrection? Confidence in the face of death. Confidence in the face of death. Jesus said in John 11, he told Lazarus' sister, uh, sister Martha, 
He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? You see, Jesus' followers throughout history faced all kinds of cruelty, suffering, and persecution in death. And many of them were very bold in the face of death. Because they knew that this life was not all there is for them. They had a hope beyond the grave because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was raised from the dead and he promised that he would raise his people from the dead. Those who believe in him. The resurrection of Jesus Christ authenticates. All of Jesus' radical promises that he made to his followers. The resurrection of Jesus Christ authenticates for us. It confirms and affirms the truth of who Jesus said he is. The Son of God. The King who came to give his life as a ransom for many. To serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man. The Messiah. The resurrection is the Father's stamp of approval. This is my Son, and what He said is true. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father God except through me. Jesus isn't just a way to God. He's not just a way, one among many. He is the way, the only way to God the Father. The only way to have eternal life, eternal salvation. So if you if you reject Jesus and you reject his death, his burial, and his resurrection, then there's no hope, there's no other hope for you to live forever and to have the happiest ending for all eternity. So confidence in the face of death, hope in hard times. First Peter tells us, First Peter 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's describing salvation here as, as being we're born again. Jesus in John 3 talked about that in his conversation with Nicodemus. Unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't enter the kingdom of God. Peter's saying here, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we, saints, Christians, have become born again. And because we're born again, we have this living hope that is alive in us. Now he's writing, Peter wrote this epistle to a church that was being heavily persecuted. In the next couple of verses there in chapter 1, he's describing persecution. He's describing some of the trials that... They were facing, or and them rejoicing in those, those trials. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you trust in Him, that He was resurrected, He did die for you, He was buried, He was resurrected, then you have this living hope in you, this hope that's alive and growing, and it should be spreading to others. It should be contagious. It should be something that we talk about if there's a hope alive within us because we've been born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Because this life is not all there is for us. There, there is more beyond this life. And so we can go all out for Jesus, trusting him and, and not live in FOMO, fear of missing out. So many young people are stuck in FOMO, fear of missing out. They're scrolling Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and, and all this Snapchat. And, and they don't want to miss out on something that's going on. Well, there's only really there's only one thing that really that we, we should really not that we should really be concerned about missing out on. And that's the resurrection, being resurrected with Jesus Christ and being with him for all eternity. Okay? And when you know him and you know what he's done for you, you have confidence and hope in the face of hard times. The Apostle Paul said, we do not lose heart, though our outward self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For our light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And then in the next chapter of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he describes uh, the, 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 re- the resurrection and having a new tent that he would receive. Let me just point to a story of uh, a woman named jo- Joni Erickson Tata and how the hope of the resurrection has made a difference in her life. This is a woman who's been paralyzed from neck down uh, since she was a teenager in, I believe, a diving accident. And she's she's a Christian. She has a powerful ministry. But she wrote these words. She said, I with shriveled, bent fingers, atrophied muscles, gnarled knees, and no feeling from the shoulders down, will one day have a new body. Light, bright clothes, clothes, in righteousness, clothed in righteousness, powerful and dazzling. Can you imagine the hope this gives someone spinal cord injured like me? Or someone who is cerebral polyst, polyst, brain injured, or who has multiple sclerosis? Imagine the hope this gives someone who is manic depressive. No religion, no other philosophy promises new bodies, hearts, and minds. Only in the gospel of Jesus Christ do do your hurting people find such incredible hope. She goes on and just talks about when she is resurrected, how she is going to dance. She's going to dance again. She's going to have a body, a real physical body that's going to work. And so when she thinks, move your arm, she'll be able to move her arm or move your legs. She can move her legs. She's going to have a, a real physical body. She's going to dance. And she, she goes on and she, she says, I'm going to bow my knee. I'm going to bow my knee. She describes uh, being in, 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 in a large gathering where, uh, where there are many people where the, the minister asks everyone to bow their knee before the Lord in prayer. And she can't. And so she kind of stands out there. But just with tears rolling down her cheeks, she's just looking at the beauty of all these believers bowing their knee to God in prayer. But the Joni Erickson Tadas of the world have hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And anyone else you know in a similar circumstance like that, whose life is really hard, really bitter, really difficult... You see, the hope of the resurrection becomes 
even more precious to us when, when the bitterness and brokenness of life is just squeezing the breath out of us. When you know that this is not all that you have, there is more beyond this life. We have hope beyond the grave. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And so we can face hard times like this godly woman. We can face hard times with the hope of the resurrection. Another difference that it makes is it gives us motivation and passion to live well now. Because there really is a hereafter. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul is described defending the resurrection from the dead. And he's giving logical arguments for why the resurrection is, is historical fact. And, 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 and the implications of it that if Jesus was raised from the dead, then those of us who believe in him are going to be raised from the dead. And, and if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then we are the most pitiful people on the earth, Christians. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead. Because Christianity hinges on the resurrection. Okay? And so at the end of this chapter, he's defending the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That's living well right there. Abounding in the work of the Lord, being steadfast and movable, doing what God has called you to do. And our labor is not in vain because there is a resurrection. There is a hereafter. We will see Jesus face to face. And there will be rewards as well. And so Jesus calls his, his followers to proclaim this good news of his death. And resurrection. In Mark chapter 16 verse 15. He said to them. Go into all the world. And proclaim the gospel. To the whole creation. Verse 20. They went out and preached everywhere. While the Lord worked with them. And confirmed the message. By accompanying signs. At the end of the gospels. We have these commissionings. Okay. So Jesus is raised from the dead. He fulfilled what he, he finished what he came to do. So now what, Christian? Now you and I are to go take that message out to the world. Go make disciples. Go preach the gospel. Go call people to turn from their sins and to trust in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so let, let me finish with a couple points of application here. First is come to grips with, with what you believe about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and why you believe it. Come to grips with what you believe about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and why you believe it. Martha was, was faced to come to grips with this truth when Jesus raised her brother Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus from the dead. Jesus made this Amazing claim. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asked her. And I want to ask you that today, saints. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe 
that, that if you believe in him, that though you may physically die, you, you, you're going to live. You're going to live forever with him. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is coming into the world. And so come to grips with what you believe about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and why you believe it. Why you believe it. I mean, ponder that. Think about why. Why do I believe this stuff? The scripture, the Bible gives us credible witness to these historical events. The Bible is a trustworthy place to put your faith. Okay? It's... it's it, Next is communicate your conviction of the resurrection with family, friends, and people you meet. Today might be an opportunity for you to do that. You may have lunch or dinner with family members. You may uh, have a conversation with a stranger today or this week. Communicate your conviction of the resurrection. Why you believe it. Share it. 1 Peter 3.15 says, In your hearts, honor Christ as Lord as holy. Christ the Lord is holy. Always be being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Are you prepared today to share with others why you have hope in Jesus Christ? Are you prepared to do that? Do you know what to say? Many Christians struggle with this. And so I think we, we each need to take time to reflect on why do we believe the resurrection? Why do we believe in Christ? Why do we have hope within us that we're going to live with him? He's promised us that. Can you point to it in scripture? Can you open up the Bible and, and, uh, and share why? N.T. Wright says our task in the present is to live as resurrection people in between Easter and the final day with our Christian life, corporate and individual, in both worship and mission as a sign of the first and a foretaste of the second. We are to live as resurrection people in between Easter and the final day when we experience our resurrection. Lastly, give God all your devotion for redeeming you and promising you resurrecting, resurrection life. If he gave everything for you, if Christ laid it down for you, giving his life for you, going to the cross, going to the grave, and rising so that you would rise with him, then surrender your life to him today. Your relationships, your, your thought life, your purity, sexual purity, this, this verse is in the context of addressing sexual fidelity within the church. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. If Christ has bought you, through his finished work, his, the gospel of Jesus Christ, he's bought you with his blood, then glorify him, give him your 
all. Amen? And so let me close with this quote from Tim Keller. The ultimate happy ending. If Jesus Christ was really raised from the dead, if he really is the Son of God and you believe in him, all these things that you long for most desperately will come true at last. We will escape time and death. We will know love without parting. We will even communicate with non-human beings. Think angels. And we will see evil defeated forever. In fairy stories, especially the best and the most well-told uh, ones, we get a temporary emotional reprieve from a real world in which our deepest desires are violently rebuffed. But if we believe in the gospel, we are assured that all those longings will be fulfilled in real time, space, and history. You see, this is the Bible gives us the ultimate happy ending to the great story in which we live. God's great redemption story. See, from the very beginning, paradise was lost. Mankind rebelled against God. God created a good world where there was no suffering, no sickness, no death, no war, no disease. And mankind rebelled against God. And God's good world, God's good creation became corrupted and broken. And humanity became corrupted and broken. And so the Bible gives us explanation about how we got here and why the world is the way that it is. It's broken. But the Bible also tells us that God has done something about the brokenness of this world. He didn't leave us to ourselves to try to clean it up and figure it out all by ourselves. Throughout history, he sent messengers, he sent prophets. And then he sent his son, Jesus Christ, around 2,000 years ago. And Jesus came. As the ultimate rescuer. Jesus came as the hero, hero, the prince in shining armor, so to speak. The hero of the story. He showed up. He gave his life for you and me. In love. So that we might be forgiven and free and live with him for all eternity. Christ died, was buried, and raised from the dead. Do you believe this? Would you pray with me? Lord, this morning, as we focus in on the resurrection, would you help us to be fully convinced that you are who you say you are. That Jesus is the Son of God. That he was crucified for us. That he rose from the dead on the third day. And may that cause hope to ignite within our hearts. For joy to explode within us and flow through our being. May that give us an unshakable confidence in the face of really dark times like 2020. 
May that give us a calm and confidence in the face of our own death when it draws near. God, may we be a people who live well, steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain because there is a resurrection. There is a hereafter. If you're here this morning and you'd like to respond to the Lord and to what He has said about what He's done for you and you want to receive that I want to invite you to come up to the front I'd love to pray with you I'd love for you to experience the benefit of having your sins forgiven the benefit of having eternal salvation the benefit of Knowing your purpose in life, why why you're here, how you got here, and where you're going. To live with confidence and hope and joy in the salvation of Jesus Christ. Kevin's going to lead us in a song. And let's declare our faith. We are believers in Jesus, and we believe that he's alive, that he is the Lord, that he's risen. And so let's sing, let's worship, let's praise him for what he's done with gratitude, with abandon, surrender. And let us go from this place today and proclaim the good news of what he's done. And not be ashamed of the gospel. If you want prayer, feel free to come up at any time.